So it's back to school for one of our regular guests, economics professor at Toronto Metropolitan University, Dr. Eric Cam. You often hear him on the Roy Green Show on weekends here on the Chorus Radio Network. Let's have a listen. We talk about interest rates. We talk about that change in consumer habits that interest rate hikes will attempt to create. And as well, his first time lecturing in person. We're talking 30 months away from an in-person lecture at the esteemed Toronto Metropolitan University. What was that like for the kids and for him? That conversation on Toronto Today happens right now. We're very pleased to welcome on our next guest. We haven't had him on uh, for a while. Gave him, uh, uh, you know, the summer off doing this, doing that. We'll ask about interest rates, but he stepped in front of wide-eyed, ready-to-learn, youthful, exuberant. Okay, maybe someone nodded off a time or two. I doubt it. Professor of Economics at Toronto Metropolitan University. He is Dr. Eric Cam. It's. Uh, did you just play them interviews from Roy Green all summer? Uh, did you do that to your class yesterday or did you actually prep a lecture uh prep a lecture is beyond my pay grade but walking into a class of 500 students for the first time in three years i have to say it probably wasn't too exhilarating for them at nine o'clock in the morning but it sure was for me i mean just to see the bodies and the faces i have to tell you of 500 students in that room i counted about five or six people wearing masks And I thought that that was a great sign. And it was kind Mm. of like a coming together again. I think in their own way, as much as they could, they understood that this was a somewhat return to normalcy. And I think that they were happy to be the first class at a brand new university uh, in a brand new time of education where we could actually be together again. I think it was significant even to those 18-year-olds. And you're conscious that so many of these kids, I mean, what are we talking? Their grade 10 year would have been interrupted as our lives were uh, hurled into into chaos from COVID at the end of their grade 10 year. And then they spent a good chunk of grade 11 and 12 uh, online, more of 11 than 12. But um, but this is so new for them to experience uh, to experience this, given what they've been through since they've been, what, 15, 15 and a half. Well, that's right. And I messaged all of them this morning and I asked them to listen to this interview. So I hope I don't scare them, but there are some (laughs) challenges ahead. Some of these students have never written a final exam Mm -hmm. under real final exam conditions. And I think that that's part of our responsibility as educators this term is to help them get back into education mode and not just throw them into the deep end. So we're going to have some exam writing skills competitions. We're going to have some mock exams and we're going to try to bring them back to where they should be. We can't make up for the years we've lost, but I think that there are some strategies that we can bring them back to where they need to be, uh, given that they had three years of effectively online at-home education, which I understand was an emergency thing that had to be done, but I think that it, it, it really behooves us as educators to bring them in slowly and carefully. That's what we want. And we need, honestly, and and again, if you just shut down the Twitter account sometimes and you get the heck away from uh, from being online, you realize we got a lot more professors like you than the opposite. We got a lot more high school teachers, elementary school teachers, people that want to volunteer for school trips and, and to coach the badminton team in January. We got a lot more of you than I think we have of them. That's the best way I can put it. Well, I mean, thank you for the kind words, and I would like to agree with you. I mean, I don't want to get on a soapbox, but education is a bit of a calling. You can make more money in other parts of the world. And uh, those of us who do this tend to love it, and those of us who love it are passionate about taking young people and trying to make them ready for the world in four years. And so our job ahead of us is steep, but we all know that it's worth the time and the effort. 
I know you told people, you told our listeners, as a matter of fact, a few months ago, if you can get into a more flexible mortgage, if you can uh, hold off potentially on that new car purchase, you might be making a better long-term decision for yourself. Yesterday, the Bank of Canada raised its overnight rate, uh, ra- raised its rate to 3.25% from 75 basis points up from 2.50. Hasn't been this high since 2007, 2008. And we all know how wobbly things felt then. Uh, we had you know, Bear Stearns collapsing. We had Wall Street, the the TSX all needing bailouts and people were buying things at around, you know, four and a half percent, five percent sometimes. Is this the end? Will this slow inflation and will this obviously lead to at least some form of recessionary times? A lot in there, but let me know what you thought of the rate increase. Yeah, that's a lot to unpack. That's a textbook right there. But thank you. Uh, let's take that piece <laughs> by piece. As someone who spends their life trying to make young people more economically literate, I really stress two ideas, Greg, honesty and transparency. And to me, the Bank of Canada, and I'm a supporter of the bank, has really not been either of these things. I think it's time to stop telling people that gross domestic product is growing, because if you look in real terms, it isn't. And stop telling people that these price increases are transitory or temporary because they are not. What happened yesterday at the bank means only three things with certainty. Inflation is not yet under control. Further price increases are coming. Further interest rate hikes are coming. Now, I don't blame the Bank of Canada. They're doing all they can do in the face of working with a federal government who doesn't seem concerned at all about inflation. But it's time to be honest and it's time to be transparent with Canadians. Prices are only going up. And for the people that say, but house prices are coming down, that is one price, albeit an important one, but it's one price in a basket of hundreds of goods. And most of those other prices are going up and they're spiraling up. It is going to be a very rocky ride for the next year or two at minimum, Greg. You and I have seen all the stories about how home energy prices are going to increase. And I've had so many listeners ask me, what what's the they're conflating home energy prices with the price they see at the pumps you and i aren't oil speculators although i did watch the first three seasons of dallas it got a little little boring after that once once jr and bobby started anyway whatever that dream season how does that work how do we go down one road and say we're going to be paying through the nose to heat our homes this year and we stop at the pump and it's 70 cents less than it was two months ago per liter Again, you you use the word conflation, and I try to, to warn people that there are many prices in the economy. And just because one is going up does not mean that another one is going to necessarily go up or go down. That's just saying that there's you're, what you're assuming is that there's a lot of correlation in the economy. And to some extent there is, but to another extent there is not. There is just a lot of prices on a lot of different goods that are influenced by a lot of different forces like demand and supply. So Mm. never get too entrenched in the idea that all prices are going to do this and that's going to cause all prices to do that. Because as I tell my students, that's getting correlation and causation mixed up. If you're going to look at a price, you have to examine it, but you don't want to look at too many prices together Mm. and think, well, there's co-movements here that I can understand because in inflationary times, Generally, Greg, we have a hard time understanding them, just like I had a hard time understanding how Bobby ended up in the shower. That's right. And Pam found him. And then it was just all like everything that happened that year didn't happen or everything just that she thought 
didn't happen. It's very confusing. It's is Twitter would have gone crazy with the Dallas uh, dream season. There's no. Well, doubt I about felt it. sick for I felt sick for poor Jenna when she you know what? she found out that uh, anyway. Strong Pr- Priscilla Presley uh, reference uh, to end up things. By the way, I hope inflation didn't factor into you actually looking for a suit to wear or uh, or a proper. Like I don't know whether you just showed up in a t-shirt and jeans like Springsteen in your class, but I but I mean none of us have bought clothes in a long time. I'll put it that way. It, it's actually funny you mentioned that. My wife and I spent about two hours talking about what I should wear to lecture. And then to put everybody's mind at ease, it was actually blue jeans, black T-shirt, and a polo top uh, over, not buttoned up. So I tried to look as chic as a 54-year-old can look, but I think I probably failed miserably. Wow, pre- wow preppy stuff. Fantastic. Uh, well, listen, we'll uh, we'll talk more often as the fall continues. Great to have you back uh, in a lecture hall. And uh, all those kid- to all those kids listening, uh, you got a good one in, in uh, Professor cam so meet his expectations thanks for this this morning you met ours thanks for the kind words stay healthy greg